0: Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Randy Taylor.
1: Hello, hello, hello,
0: beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. Today we have a very amazing guest. I'm super stoked to have Lanny on with us. You guys have met her once before, but today we are talking about how to improve this isolation period with your kids and school. Because I know for myself, I have had some interesting challenges with my little guys um, and working with them online and how easy or not easy that has been. So today we're going to talk about some ways that you can help with that and some of the holes that we're finding, things that could be bettered. So welcome Welcome to Fear It Goes,
1: Lanny. It's such a pleasure having you on again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's, no, it's great. I, 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 I love it. Thank you for inviting
0: me. Uh, always, always a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> always a pleasure. So I was thinking about this last week when we first started classes online. My oldest, he is a very good... Great self learner, so we have no issues with him. He, he could just be given work in a textbook, and he would be fine. My youngest, however, which you know because we've had him with you for for the past few years, um, he is he is the kid that needs some help. So he's the kid that has questions and that needs some a little extra direction. And um, currently. The way that our system has set up the online learning, it's basically like you go in, here's your lessons, read it, do it. And that's your instruction. And my youngest has found that extremely difficult. And then on the other side, so that puts me in the teacher, teacher position, which has not been one, not been my joy. I, I like teaching things. I, I do like teaching things and I, I'm a coach. Of course, I like teaching things, but I like teaching very specific things and I don't like teaching my kid. <laughs> right. right, Well, it was some things. Like we had a lot of fun actually writing a story, he and I, and because I'm a writer and I had a lot of fun with that, with him. We sat down, we wrote a story and came up with the intro and came up with the, the guts. And then his his ending was... <laughs> It's funny the way kids' minds work. (laughs)
1: His
0: (laughs) his end was kind of ridiculous and hilarious all at the same time. But good on him um, to bring in COVID into the story. (laughs) Good on him. And uh, to make it something that was a little bit lighter instead of something so heavy. Um, But I wanted to talk about some, some of the interesting challenges that we're facing. So like I said, my youngest is definitely not a self starter or self learner he he really needs direction and he he often needs a little extra help when he's doing this so what would be some <laughs> oh Lanny <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're experiencing this with some of the some of the parents that you've had discussions with. what are you doing with these parents
1: you know i've I've spent uh, a lot of time <laughs> the last two three weeks um talking parents off the ledge um (laughs) it does feel that way (laughs) yes it does um you know when it comes to education there's some big lessons that are emerging from from uh you know the whole uh pandemic and the lockdown and the social distancing and and whatnot we have to remember that human beings are really pack mammals right so so when we start taking our our you know, telling our kids they can't go play with their friends and they can't do that—it it creates a little bit of anxiety for them as well. For sure, so you it have does. The understanding of that. Um, you know, some some trends are are coming forward, and I just kind of like to to put this forth before we talk about actual strategy. Um, parents are now uh, getting a sense of how challenging it is to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I can attest. So this is really good for teachers because parents are going, wow, I I I can't. I'm I've been trying to get this kid transferred out of my class for the last two weeks, except it's my own kid, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna kill him.
0: So um, you mean I can I can transfer my kid out of this class? <laughs> yes, please. Just kidding. Just kidding. Love you, Brian. <laughs> um,
1: but you know, they're they're seeing what what it takes to be a teacher and being in front of a classroom is a very very challenging place to be. But in some cases, parents are also seeing, as, as, as you had alluded to, they're also seeing where the child is struggling in some skill set areas and primarily in the areas of reading, writing, and math. Um, but it's good to note that these are primary building blocks of education. So if you're seeing it crop up, then it's something that's been there for quite some time. Right. There's also this underlying realization that without live interactive lessons, um, the learning simply does not translate well for all children which is what you're describing with your son the one son is fine with it the other yep. the other um, it's not translating well because the skill set areas are, are, are different in those areas and the, the big thing is parents are also seeing the fundamental flaws and shortcomings of a standard education system um, that um, all of those those flaws are starting to surface And it has nothing to do with teachers. It's the way the system is structured. I would totally agree.
0: I have friends who are teachers, and they are really good at what they do. And this is the interesting challenge I find with classroom settings, is you have kids who learn all different ways. Some that, again, like my oldest, self-learner, no problems whatsoever. So he's an easy kid in class. Although I will say this, when he was in grade five, six, he often would get distracted, distract other kids. Um, We were told, you know, I think he's got ADD. I don't think my child has ADD at all. I've seen lots of kids with ADD, and he definitely does not exhibit true signs of a kid with ADD, Um, which is now apparent as a self-learner. But it was the first, first thing that teachers said, and it's the thing that's coming up again with my other son now. It's, I think he's got ADD. It's an interesting viewpoint from a parent stand when your teacher says to your child in a parent-teacher meeting, it's not your fault, you can't focus. I (laughs) just, seriously, I was like, we're going to, one, watch diet, so we're going to increase your omega-3s. We're going to help out with that because that'll help with his focus. But it's also interesting, the stages that boys... Or girls go through, and their ability to be able to manage and maneuver that time with education. So, for my youngest, I think he's just—he's really a very active kid, and if he's sitting too long, he struggles with that. My oldest was the same way through that stage.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Kids go through a very kinesthetic stage where they—they—they they, they have to be. Um, learning through motion and learning through um, manipulating objects.
0: Right. um, So how does a teacher manage this in a classroom where kids are sitting, where kids are, that's what I'm saying. Like I I find it, I give it up to teachers. (laughs) You have incredible dynamics in a classroom of some kids that can sit there for long periods of time, other kids that can't. And therefore what? It makes it a challenge to teach them. Or it makes that it a challenge for those children to learn in that setting.
1: Right. So you know, one has to take a look at um, the variations in in a classroom, and because you know their regular system is set up the way it is, it's very very difficult for teachers to do that. Uh, which is why when we set up the NAS project, uh, every child is their own class. So I love that um, they're not they're <laughs> not disrupting anyone else, um, and they're and they're learning the way their brain wants to actually. Process information, uh, which apparently is a novel idea. Um, but oh no, no, it's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> Everybody learns pictorially, visually. Everybody does. Darn it. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's um. You know, it, we get it. that You know, engage educators. We get it. Not all geniuses learn the same. And um, I am a, a true believer that if if learning differences were a huge problem for society and meant to be a huge problem for society. Uh, Genetically, it would have been bred out of us by now. But there are true, true, Mm -hmm. true gifts with kids that that learn differently. Absolutely.
0: I think the same is said for kids who are autistic or on the autism spectrum. There are such incredible gifts they bring. Why would you ever want to tamper that? Why would you ever want to do anything but encourage what their gifts are? And we do often, we try and make them fit in the mold of society, right? How do they fit? How do they, how do they adapt? How do they become like everybody else? They're not like everybody else. They bring their own special. Uh, anyways, that's a different topic. <laughs>
1: right. But well, when you, you know, when you, when you look at, at kids, when they you learn differently, and, and yes, we have an Alberta curriculum that teachers are, are trying to uh, somewhat adhere to. It's, it's, it's difficult, but if parents could, could number one, um, Cut themselves some slack. You're not a teacher, so don't expect that you can you can do things that that, that teachers can. Hallelujah. Well, <laughs> what we want to do, yes. What we want to do is is just to make sure that kids are working on those fundamental building blocks. So you know, kids think differently than adults do, and I you know, go back to a, a university study that was done many years ago where, you know, you give a a group of adults, a paperclip and go, okay, list all the things you can do with that paperclip. And it'd also come out with, you know, maybe 20, 25. Um, but it'd give the same paperclip to, to little kids and they'll, they'll come up with hundreds of things you can do with that paperclip. But they will think outside the box they'll go, well, does it have to be made out of metal? Can it be, you know, seven feet long and made out of uh, styrofoam? Because then you can use it as a kayak.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's creativity so, in its finest. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So,
1: you know, parents have fun with this right now. Uh, and and no, they don't have to be going to school for three hours a day or four right. hours a day, but they do, do need to work on those fundamental building blocks. So base mathematics, can you do base mathematics in, in, in a game format? Sure you can. Can you do uh, reading with them? Sure you can. Uh, can you do storytelling, which is, which is based communication skills? Sure you can. So all of those kinds of things, writing is important. So one of the best things you can do with your kids is have them journal. So give them five minutes and say, okay, I want you to journal. I want you to talk about how your day is going to roll out, how, how you picture things rolling out. One of the things we had in one of our newsletters just this past month, we put in a calendar. Mm -hmm. And so kids got to pick out things that they wanted to do during the day and plug them into their calendar. And then the parent would go, okay, so from you have this gap between 9 and 9.45. Why don't we plunk in 15 minutes of reading and 20 minutes of math? And then you can go play your computer games for half an hour, 45 minutes. And then we're going to come back and then we're going to do some other kind of learning things. Mm -hmm but so that they get control over some of their calendar instead of trying to to push the calendar at them.
0: I will say there is massive, massive power in adapting that system. My boys loved when we put that in. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, We blocked hours, but they loved that they had control over I get to pick when video games come, I get to pick, because we talked about things that were absolutes that had to go in the calendar, right? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, obviously. Um, We have a cooking class that we do two times a week, and then one dinner or lunch that they have to make. So cooking class can be baking, it can be whatever they want, and I'm there helping them and teaching them. And then the other one is I'm helping and probably teaching, but we're working together to do these. Um, So those are a few times a week. So we kind of have those blocked in and then they have obviously school time and we had a reading time blocked in there as well. And then the rest of it's like, well, what am I going to do with my time? We're going to have some outside time or we're going to have a workout time or we're going to have something that moves our body because we need to do that. Right now that the weather's nice. Oh my God, I'm so so excited. It's finally blue skies here. It's been very dreary and snowy for the last while. We we still have snow on the ground here. It's crazy. It's melting, but
1: <laughs> well, welcome to the east side of the Rockies. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's right. You're not
0: even here. You are in the sun and the beautiful weather. Yeah. Trust me. Uh it is It's so nice to see blue skies and we have double digits all this week and moving forward, which is so great. So now activity becomes part of um, our daily schedule. And you and I were talking about routine and how important that is for kids and for us too, because there's certain things like getting out of pajamas. So the kids and I made a deal. I said, okay, that's it. No more staying in pajamas all day long like and they said oh come on one day and I said one day a week (laughs) you can stay in pajamas outside of that I want you to get dressed because it just becomes like this weird mental state of um, complacency
1: exactly And, and we need to keep normalcy in in the picture because as we were saying earlier if if we're social distancing and they can't play with their friends and they can't get through that 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 normal sort of routine we have to build our our new normal which is not playing with your friends but you know with with zoom and and a lot of the other platforms you can certainly have visits with your friends uh, if they're on a gaming platform that allows them to play a game against their friend yeah virtually Even if, if, you know, the kids, you want to keep them away from video games, if that's, you know, something that your family doesn't like to do is, is, is computerized games, you can play Battleship with the kid across the street. What do you mean? Right? You know the game Battleship? Yeah, yeah. So, coordinates and whatnot, if they have a game and you have a game, or you can actually just, you can go online and print out the grids. Yeah. And, um then you can be on a platform or FaceTime or yeah. sit across the road on the, on the yeah. driveway. Yell at each, each other. L14. <laughs> L- and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be some calls to the authorities thinking that, you know, somebody's plotting something, but, <laughs> but you know, it's in, in that in itself is graphing. And, and uh,
0: that's math. That's so funny. I never thought of that. And it, my boys love, well, my oldest loves board games. Loves board games. It's an interesting idea um, between him and his friend because his friends got some of the same board games, so they could easily, literally play that game together that way. Oh, that's such a brilliant idea.
1: <laughs> I have a friend of mine that I'm I'm helping her develop a, a board game for corporate teaching. What we did is we had eight people come in on a on a Zoom call. Yep. And connected Tested. a phone to to the computer and and put the phone over top of the board cuz it's a it's a new game. Yep. Nobody has nobody has it cuz it's not released yet. But we were all playing, there was 8 of us playing and and all 8 people were from across the country. Yeah. And she was just moving the little guys on the board and we were all rolling dice on our on our phone app.
0: That's so awesome.
1: So there's lots of ways you can you can you can do that. You can still uh, connect games are no problem
0: yeah. Yeah. I you I think you and I were talking about that before about communication is not just about language and the words that we're saying and speaking. It's also the visual cues we get, the body language we get, the inflection and in tones. So there's so much to be said about seeing someone like you and I are on Zoom right now, and mm-hmm. there is so much to be said about this form of communication in times when you can't be in person to still right. have that connection that is meaningful.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I, and kind of bringing this back to the school side of things, that's one thing that I love about what you're doing with NAS that is kind of sad that we don't have happening on the on the public sy- in the public system although although I will say this, my friend's son His teacher is doing live classes online, so he gets live lessons, which is great. And that's one thing that NAS does um, is live lessons with teachers. And again, you're getting all those visual cues. You're getting the whole communication through the video and audio, whereas right now what we're struggling with is it's just, here's your lesson, read it, and do it.
1: (laughs) Right, and there doesn't seem to be any standardization between schools. There is none. There is none.
0: Yeah. Which I find really interesting.
1: Yeah, at the NAS project, kids have, uh, the way it's set up is every child actually has their own program. So um, we're used to diversification. However, having said that, all students come on uh, Zoom call at 9.30. We have a group meeting for about... 10 minutes maybe five10 minutes just to talk about how things are going especially on a Monday morning how was your weekend this morning it was one of uh, one of our students birthdays so it was a little special mm-hmm. this morning but five10 minutes just to check in see how they're doing take the pulse of, of what's going on and then they go off into separate classrooms with whatever teachers they have so there might be a group of two kids or there might be three in another one and there could be and then there's one-on-ones going on but all of that happens between 9:30 and 11:30 and then the kids break for lunch for for an hour and then they come back for half an hour as an entire group and do science together mm-hmm. and we have a, a, a zoologist who has her master's degree in zoological conservation so we're talking a lot about how this is impacting the animals and and how you know humans are no longer encroaching as much as they usually do and you can see worldwide i uh, read an article this morning uh, in kruger park in in africa the lions are laying on the on the roads on the asphalt road because it's nice and warm and they're going into fall and they're just taking advantage of the fact there's no vehicles right well i mean out.
0: They were talking about like the canals in Venice that were like clean for the first time in forever, and it's amazing how fast an ecosystem can rebound when it's not having this constant stress added to it, and we are so similar that same way when we stop adding stress to ourselves, we are our own ecosystem. Um, it's amazing how fast our bodies can rebound right, right, right. yeah, stop adding stress to the system
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. So the NAS project, kids are done are done all of their lessons and all of the, the school by one o'clock, and then and they have time during that. So they're not listening to a teacher all that time. You know, the teacher will instruct for again five, seven, sometimes ten minutes, and then they'll be on screen along with the kids. But the kids are working on their journals or they're working on uh, an assignment that the the teacher has posted. But the teacher is right there, so you know the kids will virtually raise their hands up and go, I have a question. Go Okay. So it's, it's very much like it was when we were actually in In school, but we're just, we're just doing it virtually. So we really haven't missed a beat because we've kept it as, as close to normal as we, as we possibly can. I can see massive benefits with that.
0: Like um, one of my oldest, his name's Ben, um, one of his teachers came on and said, "We're going to have a group a group call. I just want to see how things are going and if you know the workload is too much for you guys or if it's just right or what's going on, I want to do a check-in so she had a I don't know if it was Google meetings or if it was Zoom or whatever platform she used but um, but she had this call with the class and it was really interesting because I could hear them um, in the other room and just all the kids talking and They were so happy to have this connection with their teacher. So the teacher is doing this once a week. Now, that's one of his teachers. The other teacher, mm -mm, none. No communication. It's just all online. It's so fascinating. Same school, same grade, not same communication points or touch points. Um, But those students were like we were able to ask questions or I had a problem with this. I didn't understand this because right now when you have lessons online and this is where, um, my youngest struggles, if you have lessons online and there's anything in there that doesn't make sense to them, they have no way of asking. Right. Through email. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's great that the NAS project is available. Like you have teachers available at all times. And I know uh-huh. with the NAS, the way that you guys set up is so smart that no matter what, the teacher knows where that kid is at any given time by the end of the day. Right. It's not like a week later or whatever. And I don't even know if the teachers are looking at the assignments that we're submitting. I don't even know. I, I, I would hope they are. <laughs> um,
1: you I would know, assume I mean,
0: they are, but again, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like nothing's yeah. been communicated. There's no grading. There's no, there's, I don't know what's happening with this stuff we're submitting. <laughs> is it, are we on the right track?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, feedback is, is so, so important and the, in the system just isn't set to do it. We have to understand too, not all teachers are, are comfortable with a video platform. Yeah. And, and we have stress and, and teachers have stress. Teachers are, are worried about, you know, filling their curriculum. and and getting done what they're supposed to get done and and I think you know what we need to get done is to make sure that all of our students and our kids are okay. And for some kids, school is their only sort of contact point with other people. Right. And now if that's if that's gone, then that's gonna cause them stress as well. So anything parents can do Anything parents can do to, to increase normalcy, uh, to build in routine, because boy, if you're going to, to bed at, at three in the morning and, and getting up at three in the afternoon, boy, when we go back to what is going to become our new normal, they're going to have a hard time readjusting to, to that. So yeah, routine is, is, is a big thing to, to keep stress levels low. I know at nine o'clock I'm going to be doing this. I know at, you know, 9.45, I'm going to be doing this. I know that I have cooking class at 11 because my stomach's starting to growl a bit. So I know I'm going to do cooking class, but what kids don't understand is cooking class is actually math. It's fractions. Measurements. It's demos You know, it's measurements. It's, it's decimals. It's it's all sorts of, of calculations that you're making in split seconds. And now, you know, uh, making bread. Okay, so let's talk about... Um, Yeast and how how that creates the the rising action of bread and why does that happen and now it becomes a science class, right? So everything that you do in your house is
0: is education. Okay, you're gonna laugh at this. So Ben and I have taken three runs, three runs. I have never had this issue with the recipe ever in my life. I am quite an accomplished cook um, and baker. I've been baking my whole life, so I've never had a problem with the recipe. Never. French macarons have been a very big challenge for us in this house. I don't know why, but the third run was yesterday. So first one was complete flop. We, I, I tried using a no, sh- like a sugar substitute that was disastrous. Um, and I think that a sugar substitute could work. I just think that sugar that I was using or the sugar substitute I was using was not the right one to use. Um, I think I'll try a different one next time. However, so we went sugar the next time. And then with meringues, you think you want all this light, fluffy air. No, you don't. You actually have to kind of push some of that air out or the meringues don't work, which we didn't know. So we had problems with it the second time. Third time, this was interesting. Temperature in the oven is extremely important, and recipes vary from one to another. And that temperature was not right for us, nor was the time that they are supposed to sit in the oven. So I'm not kidding. We, I have four recipes up. They all have different temperatures, and they all have different times. How is that possible?
1: <laughs>
0: and then we have an actual um, macaron mat, like silicone mat, and then we ha- we had parchment paper. So we used both. The parchment paper did not allow these things to rise the same way the mat did. I don't know why this is the case, but our third run, we actually had stuff that, that looked almost like them. They, they rose on the mat like they're supposed to, and they, they had the consistency like they're supposed to, but they were still slightly off. They broke in the, they cracked on top and they're not supposed to do that. So we'll go at this. So now this is our experiment. And both of us have agreed. We're like, we're not going to stop until we get this right. Cause now it's like, I don't care. I'm never buying these things. I'm we're going to make them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it has become a very interesting experiment. Two things are happening here though. Yes. We're in a science class. It's cool. Oh. We're doing measurements because the one recipe we did was all in grams. We had to convert it into cups. Mm-hmm. And so that was good. Um, and we are also in the mental experiment of try, adapt, try, adapt, figure it out, make your like, make your little pivots, make your alterations until you get it right. I cannot ever stop thinking about Einstein and the adaptation it took to get to the light bulb that worked. That is functioning. Yeah. Light bulb, Right. Yeah. Did Edison. I just did it? What did I say? Einstein oh my god yes <laughs>
1: but you know you you ask people where was edison when he invented the light bulb and, and you know they'll go what do you mean and uh, well was he in a lab oh yeah he was in a lab was he by himself oh yeah he's by himself he wasn't by himself there was hundreds of other scientists working yeah, it on it um but when when you, you're doing recipes one of one of the really important lessons for kids especially you know when you're in calgary is the altitude and how that yes. impacts recipes and, and why it does, right? So uh, baking at, at sea level is much different than baking in Calgary. Um,
0: baking soda, baking powders, um, the amount of flour, the, like an extra egg, all these things. Yes, it's true. Um, I hadn't actually thought of that with these, but these are such simple. There's so few ingredients in a macaroon. Like to actually make the actual meringue cookie is literally like three ingredients and you have to really be careful with any water that gets into it. So as we're coloring the meringue, Ben says to me, he's like, well, that's what it calls for. Not the liquid. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, cause the red was like had hardened. And I said, Oh, this one's dead. And he goes, well, just add water. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't add water to this. <laughs> It'll wreck it. And, and it, could have been what actually caused well it's hard to say it's hard to say i'm still trying to figure out i'm sorry i know we're veering off in a little bit of a cooking discussion here but not really um i'm trying to figure out we use the exact same recipe parchment paper to mat parchment paper did not rise the same way the mat did why i i don't know that answer and i'd like Mm -hmm. to know that answer. They all have to sit for a period of time. This is crucial when you're making stupid French macarons. <laughs> they all have to sit for at least half an hour. I highly recommend an hour. If you're, if you're in higher altitudes, highly recommend an hour uh, where it sits before it goes in the oven. Because it needs to kind of crust over a little bit so that it will rise. But it didn't do the same from parchment to that mat.
1: I don't know what like, what would be the difference. Well, look can be texture of the... Uh, or, and it could be airflow, right? I don't know. It's very confusing to me. We'll figure well, it out. Well, I, I, I do know a couple of scientists that I could um, tap into and ask. Um, <laughs> I might, need to know the know. answer.
0: <laughs> I have a problem. I need a solution, darn it. Right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the beautiful things that kids and I have talked about through this time, too, is that there's not only ever one solution to a problem. Never, never, never. Never think that you're that there is only one right way. Because we're looking at what it says online for how to fix these problems, and some of them work and some of them don't for us. Why is that? Because there isn't just one solution to a problem. There are multiple solutions to any problem.
1: Right, right, and really a recipe is just a suggestion. And a menu in a restaurant is a list of ingredients badly organized.
0: (laughs) I find cooking is very much a suggestion, and Mm -hmm. I take it the way I want to always baking, Mm -hmm. um, quantities are so crucial in baking.
1: (laughs) But think about the, you know, the possibilities here when you're, when you're at home with your kids in education and you have a cooking class. So now what you can do during this time where kids are not at school, you can now teach them to make one thing. And maybe that one thing is tacos and get them to master tacos. Right? So by the time we all get back to our new normal, you are now going to have kids that have a repertoire of recipes and now you can just assign days. Okay. Today is your day to make dinner and I'll get all the ingredients and uh, you're going to make dinner tonight. And this is going to last after, long after we've, we've, you know, stop this, this social distancing and, and Very true. Uh, you know, self-isolation and, and, and stuff like that. So these are skill sets that, that kids can develop now Take stress off parents later because, you know, they'll all go back to work if they're not already there. I'll go back to work. And now you have at least one, maybe two nights where you're not having to make dinner because the kids got this.
0: Yeah. Got like Brian, Brian is my youngest and he loves tacos and he makes them. That is that his, his one meal that he can make no matter what. He can always make it. And he's been watching Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> over this break and he's fascinated by Gordon Ramsay, And it's lovely because Gordon Ramsay does some really nice lessons online on YouTube. And I said, buddy, let's just pick one recipe that you want to make and we'll learn how to make it yeah, the be m- your cooking
1: class. Yeah. The more you can, can have kids master something, right? The more often that you can do that and uh, allow them to master something. That increases their self-esteem. That increases their ability to say, hey, I can learn. I can do this. I can create this. I can make people happy. I can make myself happy. I feel like I I have a worth. All of these kinds of things that teachers are trying to instill in students every single day, And, and not the parents aren't, because they are when they come home from school. But now that you have them during the day, take this, embrace this opportunity to begin, okay. I can watch my child master something. remember when my kids were really, really little, and you know they started to walk, and you're so excited because they took a step, and it's like everybody's yeah. cheering, mm-hmm. and then now we just expect them to to do things and but nobody's cheering right, and be good at it, yeah,
0: <laughs> why didn't you do that right instead of and you know what, and I can't say that i'm I'm perfect with this. I catch myself now in moments with them where I'll say, you know what? I'm really proud of you. Um, one of the lessons that came up this week was a, an art class. So it, one was an organic sort of style still life. So we had a bowl of fruit and it was just organic shape. So it was rounds and, you know, and lines and it, it was more fluid. And then one was geometric of the same thing. And he did a beautiful job a beautiful job representing both. Right. And he, he went into it saying, I'm really bad at art. I can't draw. And I said, buddy, yes, you can. And he said, well, can you help me? And so I drew his start lines. I just drew a couple lines for him. And I said, okay, so this is what you do. And we're going to make sure we shade. Cause that gives dimension and that gives depth to the picture or, or to the piece of fruit or whatever it is that you're drawing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and then from there, he really took off and, did something really beautiful. His interpretation was
1: wonderful. Kids, kids are great. And, it, you know, I, I remember back in the day when my kids were, were, were little, um, that, you know, I sat down one day and we were, were talking about drawing and whatnot. And I said, you know, drawing is the science of shadow and light. It is. And once they went and they looked at me and went,
0: uh-huh and it doesn't have to be perfect that was a big thing with him also right. he's like i don't know how to do this it's going to look terrible and i said baby it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be you
1: right
0: and you look at some of the most incredible artists of our of our time picasso's art and the like his stuff is really out there abstract it's very different i mean he's also done some really beautiful very detailed fine detailed work he brought his own spin to what it what it his interpretation is. Mm-hmm. And I think that um for kids, it's really important for us to teach them, whether it's cooking, whether it's in art, whether it's in math, whether it's in whatever, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be okay, so math maybe not so much <laughs> because because there is definitely methods. Um, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's your interpretation and as long as you get to the end, it's okay. And it's okay to mess up we're messing up all over the place with this recipe right we have problems and we'll figure it out and that's part of the joy of learning too is getting to the conclusion
1: well one of the things that we always talk to, to our students about is is if you don't make mistakes you don't learn it's very true and what
0: is failure the kids and i have had this conversation a billion times And I swear to God, it feels like a billion times. But we talk about failure all the time, about it's not failure. It's just an adapt. You have, you do something, you have an outcome, you like the outcome, you don't like the outcome, you want the outcome to be something else. So you have to alter it. You have to tweak it. That's it. So it's not about failure. It's about tweaking. It's about just repositioning, reframing, altering it some way to get a different conclusion that you're looking for.
1: Exactly, exactly, and and teaching them that it's that it's it's okay that things are different. It's okay that um, you know your drawing doesn't look like my drawing, or or um, yeah. when kids understand that learning in itself is a science, hmm. and a lot of it is experimentation. And how do how do we do this? How, what does it look like?
0: And it's okay if you don't get to the right answer right off the bat. Because again, teaching kids that failure isn't what we have societally accepted failure as, which is this horrible thing. If we teach kids that it's okay to fail, it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to have an outcome or a conclusion that is not the one that you're supposed to get to, now you just have to adapt. Now you have to alter that. You have to change something in your equation to create. The outcome you want and it's not the end of the world if you don't get that outcome right off the bat right right,
1: right. so you know when you have your kids at home and, and teaching them all these really really valuable valuable lessons don't be afraid to tell kids why they're learning that right there's there's I I, I remember a, a grade 11 student coming in and uh, I was working with him because he was struggling at something goes, well it's just I don't know why I'm studying this. And I think it was social studies. And I said, well, the social studies curriculum is all about globalization and learning that what we do here impacts people on the other side of the world and vice versa. And of course this whole COVID-19 pandemic thing really spells that true now. Right. (laughs) But the global connection. (laughs) Yeah. But a a lot of kids don't understand why they're learning something. And it's important for them to know why they're learning. Why, why do we teach math? Well, we teach math because it's, it's critical thinking skills, it's problem solving, all of those kinds of things. And when you come right down to it, when you look back on your school system and your, your, your school age years, when you, when you look back on it, other than the law of physics and the rule of law and the fundamental building blocks that you mastered, anything else you learned in school has now been proven not to be true or is now irrelevant right right so yep. it's important that we master those building blocks so that's why you know science is important because the laws of physics are the laws of physics um, and the rule of law and i really firmly firmly believe that while we have our kids at home these are some of the things that we should be focusing on we need to teach our kids things that artificial intelligence can't do so, you know, a, a calculator can't really multiply it, just successive adds. Right? But, but having kids understand that multiplication is just a different way to add is, is an important mm. skill. But what we need to teach them is, is how to be compassionate, how to be empathetic, uh-huh. uh, and how to be innovative. Mm-hmm. And above all, they never, ever, ever forget what it means to be human. Those are the fundamental things we have to instill in our children. It's important because yes, we don't know what's going to come in the future. And, and, you know, it's important to learn how to cook. Yes, it is. But if, you know, you're going to train your, your student to become a chef and and your kid is six, let's start looking at, um, go on YouTube and, and, and take a look at robotic cooking because there are restaurants, that just use robots and people are freaking out going, oh my gosh, I'm just going to take away, you know, jobs from human, be- human beings. Not so. If you have, there's a restaurant in, uh, I think it's in Boston that does noodle bowls, all done by robots. They're all circulating walks. And the people that are working in there are switching out bowls underneath uh, the robotic walks they're really focused on customer service and that touch point the connection or you know the human connection so now people can focus on that human connection and not have to worry about standing over a hot stove.
0: it's interesting when you talk about cooking too because you think like it's consistent repetition Mm -hmm. where is the creativity in that though like or maybe there is some, I don't know. But I mean, my least favorite part of cooking, I love to create in the kitchen. I love combining different ingredients and different spices and coming out with something interesting or innovative or delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I hate the chopping. Like this, I would love to have a sous chef, you know, mm-hmm. someone who does all my prep work for me. Oh my God, yeah. I'd be so happy. <laughs> I'd be in heaven. Okay, can you cut this up for me? And I'm just throwing things together and mixing those ingredients i'd be in
1: heaven and honestly i would love a robot to do that for me (laughs) they exist they do exist and and they're they're trained um by you know michelin chefs and they they chop and they dice and they slice and all of those kinds of things so that you don't have to so we have to really take a look at at what important roles our kids are going to play in the future and what what they can, can do and, and that artificial intelligence can't do.
0: I often think about as new technology comes in old technologies will leave the workforce will change mm-hmm. people are very afraid of what's coming with AI and I think with AI we will see new opportunities that we never ever Had imagined before. Like before computers existed, we didn't know what coding was. (laughs) We didn't know what cloud was. We didn't know what blockchain was. All this stuff that has come in with new technology requires us to be able to work these systems and use our minds in different ways instead of being on the line of a factory or, you know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes back to never forgetting what it means to be human.
0: So I think okay how is this going to affect law makes me think of self-driving cars. I see two possibilities. I'm about to hit a car in front of me or I can veer left or I can veer right or whatever the case may be and I'm going to hit this there or I'm going to hit a person there which choice do I make? How does the AI decide which one to do? In law same thing if I'm a lawyer or I'm a I'm AI which which direction do I go? Because if I'm AI, I have no emotional content. Mm-hmm. I have no emotional viewpoint. So I can look at it from a very disconnected standpoint, which sometimes can be extremely helpful. But in decision-making,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where does that play? Because there's no compassion, no empathy.
1: Yep. And that's why we need to teach our kids that, make sure that our kids understand that, right? It's, it goes, I think it's, I it's the movie Wally e where, where mm. at, at the end of it, you know, the, the, you know everybody's going around in, in chairs. They never walk anywhere. They have these movable chairs and, and stuff, and, and then they suddenly t- discover there's a swimming pool, right? It's like, wow, where did that come from? Is that there all the time? And it, it's if we become complacent and forget right. what it means to be human and all of those things, then we're going to get into trouble.
0: And the adaptability
1: if, right right, right, and we need to we need to teach kids how to adapt and and wow, now we have this worldwide platform that we can use to teach kids to adapt you know here here normal is not normal, but yeah. is this our new normal and
0: so and how, you know and how many people are struggling with this change right uh-huh. it's a very drastic change imposed very quickly uh-huh. and f- uh-huh. For some people, like I'm great with change. I can take change. I could take change on the turn of a hat, no problem. But my mom is not like that. She struggles with change. So when change is coming in, it's every part of that change is difficult to manage. So it's the ability, and this is a trained skill. You and I've talked about this so many times. It's a trained skill set.
1: Well, I think, you know, people just, it's it's not necessarily that they don't like change. Um, people don't like being changed, <laughs> and so it's a pivot, right? Right. It's it's we're all having to pivot, and sometimes it's just you just have to pivot six degrees, and it and it and it and it makes everything different. It's like the NAS project. We were all live in the classroom and, and and interacting that way, and all of a sudden schools are closed down. So okay. Now let's think about it. Let's pivot and let's produce. Right. So, um, and it's not that anything really changed except for the fact that teachers are now on screen as opposed to. But that's
0: critical thinking. That's the word I was looking for or the term I was looking for. It's critical thinking, right? If we are able to, because critical thinking is about being able to adapt, finding different solutions to the Mm -hmm. same problem, asking, Asking how, asking why, asking what, asking what can be done. Being able to make that instead of getting stuck in the, I can't, I won't, this is hard. Or I look very often from the space of, I get stuck in the fear. Not necessarily me, but people in general get stuck in the fear. And we are bombarded with a lot of fear right now through our media. And what happens when we go into that state? You're not in full a, you're not in full capacity your frontal cortex isn't working the way it should be in any given moment when you're in fear it, it just isn't it's you have a, a amygdala hijack
1: yeah and i think you know with with Earth Day coming up because what's that uh 27? is that right away it's coming yeah it's coming up the next couple of days um excellent time to to, to talk about the earth and what's it we're now in pre-world war ii um carbon emissions like the earth is going oh thank you i can breathe <laughs> yeah and so you know what what has shutting down industry for for you know a period of time done it's 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 done a lot for mother earth and that's a huge experiment you know and i and i you know you look at at. uh things that have come off in in the pandemic. Not all of it is bad.
0: Oh, for sure. I think there's some great things that have come of it.
1: I often wonder if our collective IQ will raise after this. That's a very interesting
0: question to ponder. Isn't it? (laughs) Through this pandemic, I've done a lot of reading and watched a lot of videos and um, read a lot of articles, and you and I were talking prior to this, this episode um, just about this one scientist I was looking at, and he's quoting stuff from a physicist, and I'm digging into levels that I never thought I would dig into with this pandemic. And there's a lot of information out there. And where do we stop? I wanted to know the true core of what was happening. I'm still finding interesting information that relates to that. But I'm also right. seeing the... the How do I want to word this? Kind of like the... I, I like to call things the storefront. The front, right? What, what you seem to see on the veneer. Uh-huh. And then what really sits inside I look at us that way I look at life that way what's really going on and you ask is there going to be an increase in collective IQ I think some are fighting that immensely I think there's a discrepancy between two sides and I feel like sometimes I'm of two minds
1: right you know we all are
0: (laughs) Right. Where sometimes you're like, okay, this is what's really going on here. And then there's other times you just get caught up in the media in the whirlwind of really this fear-based um, perpetual feed. And why, why are we being fed that way? And what comes of that?
1: Right. I, I
0: found, um, cause that dumbs us down right? I just said, we are in amygdala hijack. What does that mean? Frontal cortex isn't working. Are we creative in that zone? No, we are not. We are not thinking full capacity at that point. So will we have a dumbing down or will we have an, or a raising up? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I, I, I have this thing. I, 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 came out to BC to look after my mom cause I'm originally from BC and I came out here to look after her. And then the whole lockdown thing happened. And, um, so now I'm here, <laughs> but my my mom watches the news every night at five. Right. And I, I don't, I, right. I, I choose what news feeds I will, I will look at. Yep. Um, I, I tend to read an article, but I don't watch news. Cause I, I, Find that very unhealthy uh, both mentally yep <laughs> and physically because my anxiety goes through the roof but exactly you know, I, I just I just leave did you watch the news but I just leave and I even when I'm at home I don't watch the news because I, I I find it a lot of it sensationalized and I will go and I will read journals or I will I will yep. read articles written by you know scientists who are, are proven in their field I don't tend to play into that. I don't even, you know, Facebook is a big thing where, you know, people are going on Facebook and, oh, my gosh, you know, the, you know the sky is falling. Right. And we have to teach our kids, if we're getting sucked into that vortex, we need to yep. teach our kids what it means to actually step back and go, well, hmm. that's not true, right? We're seeing Question. now. Oh, how people, you know, are are not developing their critical thinking skills because they're not questioning. It's just like, oh no, this is happening. It's
0: like because this-, this person said so. Right. Are we being led, or are we, are we rising up? This is a very interesting question around a collective, a collective IQ, a collective um, intelligence that shifts or drops, and I. think... I don't know. It's such an
1: interesting, it's such a good question, Lani. Such right. a good question. Right. And so, you know, you as as a parent having your kids at home, now here's the challenge. How do you increase their IQ? And really, our IQ is a very archaic measure of, yes, it is. of intelligent beings. Um, Einstein couldn't pass his college entrance exam. So what does that say about standardized testing? Um, and, and exams like, hello, but can your child explain to you about something that has more to do when I'm, when I'm testing children in my office, um, I learn more about how they get to an answer than by the actual answer. Right. What, what is that thought process? What are they doing? And I can go, okay, I see how you're approaching this. I see how you want it. And that's, it's one of the things that. You know, I I spent two decades in the classroom, both as a teacher and administrator. But when I left the school system, because I saw that there was a, there's lots of flaws and there's a better way of doing things.
0: Asking why, does this work like this? Is there another way?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But it doesn't mean I teach, you know, 16 different algorithms to get the same math answer. Right. Because that just (laughs) confuses kids, right? Because then they don't know which one to use. But having kids step back and respond to a question instead of react to it Mm -hmm. which in in itself is a massive skill to have like let's just step back and respond to stuff you think about you know medication if you respond to medication that's a positive thing but if you react to it it's a bad thing right so we have to teach our kids to step back and respond to a situation instead of react to it and and education if we get them to step back and go okay i can do math i can i can do cooking class and that is math i can um you know communicate my ideas without having to speak if i can write them down i can you know put into permanent form something that i'm thinking of and then come back to it two three days later and go do i still believe that's true right and 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 pattern and take a look at how their mm-hmm. thought patterns change over a week. Mm-hmm. It's amazing because kids flip. Kids are smart. I've never met a stupid child, ever. Um, stupid adults, on the other hand, tends to be lots of adults. <laughs> um, but the freeway that's patterning too.
0: But <laughs> yes. that's patterning too.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure, you know, on the freeway at 6 o'clock when all the stupid drivers come out, um, even that's less now because people are driving. Less so, you know, less people are driving. So,
0: um, three weeks half a tank of gas there you go. I didn't even know what that was. No wonder <laughs> gas is so cheap right now.
1: <laughs> no one's using it
0: yeah no for sure. the demand has gone down massively yeah
1: yeah, and it's good and you know and, and you know thank heavens for for truckers. My cousin is a truck driver and, and thank heavens for for them keeping pe- keeping the country moving and and you know the train systems and yeah, and, you know, our and, cargo moving and, you know, we come ourselves. back to, yeah, we've come back to a very fundamental state. And, and I, as a rule, anyway, anytime I go uh, to a store, um, all my life I have always thanked the cashier. I've always thanked Same. the people loading the shelves. I've always done that. I remember when I started teaching that caretaker was walking down the hallway and I said, uh, I said, hey, thanks for coming in today. And he stopped, dead in his tracks. He turned and he looked at me and he goes, well, I have to go to work. And I go, it's a choice. You didn't have to come, but you did come. And I just want you to know, but what you're doing today is valuable.
0: And you're appreciated.
1: Exactly. One Mm. of the things I have always taught my own children, and they're, they're adults, but I've said, you know, when you get a job, you don't get paid for the hour. You get paid for the value you bring to the hour. So make sure it's very valuable. And people don't understand that. If you got paid for the hour, you could just stay home and get paid, which is, oh, what some of us are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to last forever. But, um, no. you know, I, I think if we can teach kids those valuable little nuggets, it's going to go a long way to get them to understand um, routine and why we have it and why we need it, especially this time when when normal is not normal. Yeah. But if we can get into a routine, yes, getting up in the morning and getting dressed and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, having breakfast and uh, one of our students one morning came on the screen and he's got a dress shirt on nice. because his dad usually goes to the office every morning. But at home, he goes to his home office, but he still has his dress shirt and his tie on. Yeah. So, you know, what we do, kids are watching. So be careful <laughs> because kids watch and, and they watch more so what you do than what you say. Of course. So pattern it for them. Get up in the morning, have routine, um, stay away from the alarmist kinds of news channels and, and right. stuff that's going on and, and for heaven's sakes have a conversation at, at, at dinner time and at breakfast and and at lunch now you have a captive audience and one of the things that that i found very valuable when our kids were little we used to have word of the week oh i and love we that up, we would come up with a word and usually something that rolls off the tongue nice like evidently <laughs> um, you know or fortuitous words that you know build their vocabulary because now's your opportunity. So I'll do word of the week. And so how that works is you pick a word at the beginning of the week and you all discuss it at the dinner table and come out and spell it and, and they all pronounce it and you give the definition and, 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 you know, what it means. And and then during the week, their challenge is to fit that word into normal dinner conversation.
0: I love it. And this so, is a great, great exercise for adults. Increase exactly. your vocabulary
1: exactly and i remember um because our kids are all two years apart and and the oldest one would get it you know the first day um after we gave the word so tuesday she would work it into the conversation and it can't be just a random sentence right it has to work into the conversation so it takes it takes some skill the the oldest one would get it tuesday the the middle one would get it by wednesday thursday the youngest you know sometimes friday and You know, you think, man, are you going to get it this week? And I remember my husband saying, and I think the word was fortuitous that week. And uh, um, my husband had asked me something about what had happened during the day. And and I had said, wow, you know, this was was very cool because this happened. And the little one looked at me and went, well, that was fortuitous.
0: You're like, yes,
1: (laughs) yes, you got it right. That's the right (laughs) meaning. Yes. So... Um you know games like that that are fun and it's a challenge build your kids vocabulary and you know let's not forget 70% of reading comprehension is vocabulary yellow yeah, right
0: right i love that exercise oh my god i love that exercise there are just bizarre things happening with this generation the words that they are creating which have no meaning whatsoever none mm-hmm. zero so my oldest is in grade seven and he uses the word foot and foot has meaning. It's, it's a part, it's a part of an appendage or it's the bottom part of your appendage. And, but he uses like, I I don't even, it's such an abstract word the way he uses it. It means nothing, but it means everything. It could have 50 meanings or no meaning at all. It's so confusing. It's so
1: confusing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and I would, with, uh, when I used to do a lot of public speaking, um, I would say to everybody, close your eyes. And everybody in the audience would close their eyes. Like, okay, and I want you to pick up an imaginary hammer. And when you've got that hammer in your hand, I want you to lift it up over your head. And so when everybody had their arms up, I'd go, okay, now put it down. Now I want everybody to open your eyes. And I'd say, how many of you had a wooden handled hammer? some do the answer. How many of you had a metal handle? Down? Could you put your hands up? So how many of you had a sledgehammer? Some people put their hands up. How many of you had a mallet? People put their hands up. I said, you know, I said one word, and none of us have the same hat. Of course. So it gives depth to our English language, our English language is so rich, and one of the actually one of the best laid-out languages in the world in depth, not on the surface. So which is why English becomes very confusing to people, but it is one of the best laid-out languages in the world in depth. But when we start having conversations with our kids, like how many definitions is there a hammer? How many definitions are there of foot? Right. So, you know, in in, in 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 if you're speaking imperial measurement, foot is, is 12 inches. <laughs> right? right? So um so there's all sorts of conversations you can have around language and you don't have to be a linguist to do it, but it's, it's valuable for your kids. You know, if you started, um, like you start now, but if you started three weeks ago doing vocabulary building with your kids, just at the dinner table, their vocabulary would be massive.
0: I love that. I'm actually going to incorporate that for sure. And I highly recommend any of you who are struggling with getting into some sort of rhythm routine with your kids, the calendar that, and Lanny, do you mind if we just stick that, can we we have a PDF that we stick into the show notes?
1: Sure, we can do that. That would be
0: awesome. Um, She gave a great example and seriously, my kids love it because they get to incorporate the things that they want into the day. And we still incorporate other things into the day that have to be done. And everyone's aware of what's going on. And they're excited because they get what they want in the day. It's not loose. It's it's structured, but structured in a way that's fun for them. And they they create their schedule every day. My kids do. They create their schedule every day. We have our locked-in times. And then they write beside what that time slot's going to be. Certain things are consistent. Lunch, breakfast, dinner. Um, we know that those are always the same time and we've talked about, should we do schoolwork in the morning? Should we do it in the afternoon? Should we do it split up? How do you want to do it? When are we going to work out? Well, we've tried it later on. We didn't like that. So let's try it earlier. And we have some, we still have structure, but there's also some fluidity in those choices. Right.
1: Right. And, and then you can have conversations of, why don't you like to work out in the afternoon? Like, why does it work for you better in the morning? So let's talk about physiology.
0: For us, it was, I have more energy in the morning than I do in the afternoon. Or I, you know, I just really like, I've done a lot of things in the morning. So now I just want to kind of mellow out a little bit or have a, have a good mental break or a good physical break. And, but yes, the discussion is wonderful. And I really liked that. Again, we're adapting, we're testing things out. It's a, zone experiment but the structure is in place and there is routine that is consistent and then there's still some fluidity because when I first sat down and said look it we need to we need to like really start looking at how we're going to do this we're going to block this is how I had worded it prior to actually getting your email um, I said we're going to block we're going to block our calendar and my oldest went I don't like that he didn't like the idea of that structure. He's like, I don't want it to be so it- routined. And then when I showed him yours, <laughs> he was like, I like this. It was the exact <laughs> same thing. We just <laughs> worded it differently. But yep. he loved the example because it said video games. So for every parent right now that's struggling with kids in video games, trust me, you can use it as a really great tool. And it's a really lovely reward. And for them, that's still their social time because I hear them talking to four or five of their friends at any given time when they're playing. They're never playing without someone online. Right. So it's social time for them too. And they need that.
1: Right. And they can also, you know, they can also do the schoolwork online as well. Right. Mm
0: hmm. Yes, NAS
1: project. You know, if you <laughs> yes, yes, that too. Um, yes, NAS project. <laughs> but, you know, if they if they, you know, if you get a creative teacher, you know, they might come up with an assignment that says, "Okay, get four of your friends online. Love that. And discuss this." Yep. And then report back tomorrow. But, you know, not all kids have access to, to computers and technology. And, and, and I understand that, but you know, you can, you know, writing letters might come back into uh, actually into uh, the mainstream. Who knows? I,
0: I, this is something that was brought up to me the other day and totally an aside from anything to do with education, but just a really weird thought was are the days of handshakes and hugs gone? Will that become our new norm no more handshakes and handshakes were always like a not only a greeting but a way to seal a deal uh, like there was a lot of power in a handshake uh-huh. and what it meant uh-huh. Uh-huh. is that really gonna be gone because there's that touch and then I think to myself too the whole concept around human touch and how much we are distanced how long that lasts and what impact that has from us uh, uh, in a mental, in a mental space because it's so vital to who we are as a species. We, we do touch. It's a big part of who we are.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm
0: I mean, It's, there's
1: a, it's a big, of part, of, it's a big yeah. part of our, our culture for sure. And I don't think that that will end. I mean, I still hug my kids
0: and. and I obviously still hug my kids. Y-
1: you know, so, so, it's not but will go. you hug your friend? will um, you still pat your friend
0: on the back? Will you still do these things?
1: you know i I think like anything else I mean if if it was going to totally um, kill kill that it we would have stopped after the Spanish flu.
0: Oh, I love that idea that this would not leave because I can't even imagine a life without giving people hugs. Heart to heart, and I can't imagine not putting my hand on someone's shoulder um, to comfort them, or not touching someone's hand. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a world where it's just sterile, because that's what that would feel like.
1: Yeah, and I emotionally I, sterile. I I think while the the you know pandemic is still on, people are going to be cautious <laughs> and careful, you know, um, but this too shall pass, you know, it, it, yeah. it's, I'm, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in religion, um, but in the Bible, uh, it's over yeah. 165 times it says, and this too shall it pass. Came to, it, it came to pass. All things it, never, do. It, it never says it came to stay.
0: <laughs> but that's it though. And the, the kids and I talked about this. Life is always moving. Mm-hmm. Even when we feel like we're not, even mm-hmm. when we get stuck, even when we feel we're struggling or it's hard or whatever, look back over your whole life. You're still here. Lots has happened. A lot has happened. When I thought about different points in my life, different struggles I've had, um, regardless of what it may be, even when the kids were really young and the stages they go through and you're like, oh my God, the stage is amazing and horrible all at the same time. I can't wait for the next stage because this one's tough, Right. Right. The terrible twos, two years of joy and pain all at the same time because they're in these humongous growth periods. Um, But all of it passes. All of it passes. And there's incredible lessons that we draw from every one of them. What incredible lessons are we going to draw from this experience now? Are we going to draw personally, collectively, societally, and globally what lessons are we going to draw? And talking about your mom and watching the news, I talked last week in the um, last episode about what seeds are you planting in your garden? Are you right. always planting fear-based seeds? Cause that's what you're going to get. You're going to just have fear-based trees or fear. You know what I mean? Like right. you are just perpetuating it in a bigger way if that's what you're planting. So watch what you plant. What are you doing yeah. in this time with your kids? I love the idea of a word of the week. I seriously, love that idea. Um, how, how are you teaching them to pivot when there's difficulty or a recipe that won't fly? Hi. <laughs> do we just give Hi. up? Because seriously, it was like, I had a workout day with the kids and I do hit and Tabata. So I do hard and fast and they're like, go to exhaustion and then you're done. Um, And seriously, my oldest had a very hard time following this. It was very frustrating because he was goofing around totally like I had to keep stopping everything and going back and a 20 minute workout ended up being like 45 or 50 minutes. Like it was just painful. And my first thought literally was, I just want to, I'm never doing this with him again. That was my first thought. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this with him again. And then I went, "Mm, that's not teaching him anything. (laughs) Right. What am I teaching him then to just quit? No, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull up a little bit more patience and I'm going to teach him again. And when we did it the second time, he actually was much better. And we talked about form and I said, is really important. Even if you only do three of these things, form is important. So if you do it, this is the way you want to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but this is how you don't hurt yourself right and and he was much much better and he's like you know what actually that was pretty good thank you for showing me thank you for thank you for taking that time right pivoting being able to adapt because seriously my first thought was forget it
1: <laughs> right
0: right so what are we teaching them in this time that we're so close
1: <laughs> right and it, you have to look at everything you teach teaching opportunity
0: life is so right.
1: This is, this is my opportunity to teach this. And this is the opportunity my child has right now to teach me patience. Yes. Right.
0: Oh, the lessons they teach us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. It's so funny because kids very often do this, but you did this, <laughs> but right. you said this. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. I reacted instead of responded or yes, I, Yes. And they are yeah. very quick to show you when you have done wrong, right?
1: Yeah, especially if they have a very large auditory sequential memory. They'll remember everything you said. Yeah. Which can be annoying.
0: Oh, yes. And I have one of those in my house. <laughs> Actually, I think I have two of those in my house. Yes. All right. Um, Lani, I want to say thank you so much for this time we've spent together. You're most welcome. Um, can you give a little bit more information on the NAS project, how people can contact you if they are looking for some more guidance and, um, some more structure with the way that they are teaching their kids, if this is important to them, which honestly, I think this is a great opportunity for us to really look at the way our system is set up. Um, like I said, my one... My one friend's son, he's got online learning. Lanny's NAS project is online learning. You have, um, sorry, it's all online learning right now, but I mean live lesson Uh or do it yourself. And so for you parents out there that are struggling with the do it yourself, there are other options. There are truly other options. And your teacher may not be able to facilitate the way your kid needs it. So Look at other options. The NAS is an amazing program. I cannot ever say enough about this. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Lani is brilliant. I love what she is doing. And it is truly a movement. And I wonder if this is the direction that see, I look at the education system from this space right now. And I think this could really change the way that we see education moving forward because everything's moved online. We know where the holes exist. We know that some teachers or some kids will just learn easy, right? So if I'm a teacher, I could, I could explain this to a thousand kids, a thousand online instead of my classroom of 20. And then the kids that are struggling, they have the additional teachers and resources to now tap into. Whereas before, one teacher with that group I don't know. I just look at this as opening up opportunities.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's certainly a a game changer for sure. The NAS project is, or it came to being when, when actually I was still in my teaching career and, and was looking at, at how the system is set up. We have 21st century kids going to 20th century buildings, which is not a problem, but they're going to a 20th century building getting an education that's still sitting on template from the 19th century education.
0: Incredible.
1: So, and we're not there anymore. So, no. you know, say for example, the curriculum, provincial curriculum says you need 750 hours of math in a year and 750 hours of English in a year and 650 of science and social studies. My question always was, what if you don't need 750 hours? what if you need less what if you need more and this is where we're getting a huge gap in happening with kids because they have to go with their class they have to move with the class so at the end of the year they go on with their class in most in most instances right and and but they haven't mastered what was back in October but now it's June right right so at the NAS project every child is their own class and at the end of the day, teachers pull up all of the data at the end of the day and can tell exactly what kids missed that concept and what kids mastered it. So
0: right. the kids
1: that missed it, next day, take those kids, you reteach that concept. Right. And then so you keep everybody in the same, the same track and the same lane um, so that we don't have this gapping.
0: And the kid that got it can excel at the pace that they learn. Sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah. your bell curve, the kids on either side of that never get left behind. Right. Because that's where we struggle, I think, with the system we currently have. Is right. There's this clumping of kids that just are kind of in the middle and they learn at that pace and, and they, they pick it up relatively easily or, or well. Mm-hmm. And then you have the kids that are struggling on either side. So one kid that learns too quickly and they're bored out of their tree – so they're right. causing problems, right? right? Which I knew lots of those kids growing up. And I have one of those children. <laughs> he excels very, very quickly. And then my other one that struggles with concepts sometimes, and if it's not explained in the way he learns, he doesn't get it. So he's right. on the other side. And he's right. not, by no means, is he, is he stupid, but right. feels that way because he's not in the herd
1: right well yeah because they, they go there must be something wrong with me because i'm not getting this as as because i'm not there. getting this but my friend is right because we're always comparing right right and and you know not all geniuses learn the same so why would we expect to teach them the same you know like the only thing you can do in a in a system and our, our, our system that we have now is based on a 19th century model that was rockefeller rockefeller started the first school district and he said he wanted a nation of workers and a nation of thinkers. Well, guess what we have, right? Yes. Um, cause North America, American and, and Canadian systems are, are quite similar. Now having said that doesn't mean we can't change it, but we have to change it from outside of the system because the system's not going to muck off. Right. And so right. as parents, if the school system isn't working then sometimes it's time to 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 look outside and go okay what are my options like i said i think when we when we started this discussion is you know lately i've been spending a lot of time talking parents off the ledge and you know friends of mine have given parents my email and said hey look if you're email Lanny, she might be able to help you and i spent a lot of time all day long um just answering answering some questions and you know what i'm not charging a dime for it just simply because i i, I don't want our kids to get lost and i don't want our parents to be so frustrated that it's they, just, they just give up right mm-hmm. and so yeah. you know we're we're working to put together um teacher in your pocket um so we're working um what's that teacher in your pocket with. well it's it's just a subscription service that. um Helps parents and and feeds them all sorts of stuff for um, the kids' education.
0: Cool. When's that ready?
1: <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> I'm back to work on it when when we're finished this interview. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say, becoming a teacher for one child has been challenging and. A big lesson for me, not only in patience, um, but how to position things for different learning styles,
1: Uh Uh
0: which is adaptive for me. And I can take that skill set anywhere in life. Uh Right. Uh So, again, these are great opportunities we have that we face in this time, even though they may seem just like a big struggle.
1: Yeah, it's pivot and shift. You know, yep. and, 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 if and you're,
0: recognize.
1: Yeah, and recognize. If, you're, if your audience wants to, um, you know, get a hold of me, you can put uh, my email address in. Oh, in I will show be. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go. You can go to the website engagededucators.com dot com, and um, there is some information there, and you can also contact me via that as well. But um, and I just,
0: just want to help. In- on Engaged Educators, there is also a section that says NAS project, N-A-S project. um, So you can find out more about the NAS project, which honestly is amazing. And if you are one of those parents that really, really struggles with teaching, honestly, I cannot recommend this program enough. I shouldn't say program, it really is. So NAS stands for not a school. It does. (laughs) Not a school project. And it is a very different way of teaching your children in the way that they learn, not the way that we expect them to learn. Right. Yeah. Help your kids thrive, not just survive the system. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Right. I, I'm a big believer in thriving, not just surviving. Big believer. And that's what we do here at Fear It Goes. There you go. Thrive, not survive.
1: Yeah. It's a Fear It Goes is a great program. Love it. Love
0: it. All right, go enjoy some of that vitamin D outside. I'm looking at a blue sky. I think I'm going to go for a walk, and then get to work. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you so much for
1: being on. Thank you very much. Take care.
0: And that concludes this week's episode, you beautiful peeps. I hope you guys got a lot out of this. I hope you took some notes. If you didn't, go back and listen again because Lani gave some really great advice. And honestly, I am absolutely incorporating word of the week. I think that's brilliant. And honestly, as simple as the schedule is, I highly recommend it. And seriously, get your kids out of their pajamas. Keep some sort of structure and routine. It will help them immensely in life in general. And also, of course, of course, of course, at this time when we are sitting at home and really, really looking for ways to make sure that we still have normalcy. So my beautiful peeps, if you are struggling yourself and you're finding that you need some help, we are always happy to help you at Fear It Goes. I am all about helping you thrive, not just survive. This is one of the best times in your life. We may not get this opportunity ever again, actually to take the time and really do something that helps us raise up, helps us come alive, helps us discover who we are, helps us discover our passions, and really, really drive some amazing success in your life. So take this time right now and really accelerate your skill sets, invest in yourself, spend the time that you've got and do something that's going to really, really amplify your life and create the life you want. If you need guidance, I am absolutely here to help you thrive. Until next week, my beautiful peeps, have an absolutely extraordinary week.